You ever wake up to an angry girlfriend and you don't know why and you think maybe she had a dream about you? You know, I think I did have a weird dream and now I don't remember what it was. What's, d- did I do something wrong in your no, dream? No, I don't, I don't know that you were there. I'm trying to think what <laughs> I was just dreaming before I woke up. It was something a little bit strange, but I have no clue. You know what I was dreaming about? My 33rd birthday. Right around the corner. Well, I'm going to call this my birthday episode because I'm going to release this tonight, April 30th, and my birthday's, guess what, May 1st, and I'm turning 22 to 35, (laughs) whatever the industry wants me to be. I feel good for 33. I don't sound good. Do you think you could pass for 22? Do I think I could pass for 22? (laughs) I'll say this. I drive, you know, when I, my, on my side gig, I drive people around and they go, oh, you're in college still? And I was like, bitch, if I'm in college still, I'm getting like seven master's degrees because I'm old now. I feel okay. You're going to welcome me back to town? My trip to Chicago? Sure, welcome. And now I'm kind of sad because last year we went on birthday vacation for both of us. This year, only you got a birthday vacation. You got to go to Chicago with your buddy. You went to Mexico, That's you different. greedy went. That's work. Oh. You didn't go for work. You went to chill with your buddy and you guys had, had a ton of fun. Two stand-up you shows. Did sightseeing. Yeah, I'm just saying. You get jealous. Primarily for pleasure. Your your trip was not for business. It was primarily for for pleasure. Did you get jealous seeing me bike around with uh, Pooker? No, but it looked like it was a really good time. It was fun. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have handled the biking we did. You would have you would have been at a crepery halfway through, (laughs) stuffing. You know, Pooker's Uh, like a legit roadster on his bike. Like he does in Europe. ride bikes everywhere so they like stay in shape for us like if i spend two hours on a bike i'm like oh my vagina hurts <laughs> my taint i could feel my prostate deciding which side of the bike seat it wanted to go on your prostate i think it was my prostate i think i literally bum. came by biking Babe. city bikes uh they're you're called the divvy bikes in chicago hey i wanted to give a shout out to a new listener um shout out to camden he said he's been binge-watching our episodes since 3.30 a.m. Keep it up. He's probably sick of us by wow. now. Wow. Since 3.30 a.m. And you got this in the afternoon, he right? He wrote that at 1.58 p.m. Right, yeah. So, so he was about nearly 10, 12 10, hours. <laughs> I, I want to do a specific um, sort of gold star system for people, depending on how many episodes they've listened to. We need like a ranking system. Like we've got some, like Victoria, she came to our show. She's got to be like probably... In the, in the elite batch of listeners. But then we've got people that listen, you know, that have listened since day one. So I don't know what we can do for them. When I was little, little in church choir, we had these pins. And each year you were in the choir, they'd put another ruby on your pin. Like your pin came with one or maybe it came just as a pin. And then on your second year, you got a little tiny ruby in it. It's like military ranking. I don't know. This is your church choir. With Dave and Tasha. <laughs> um, this episode, I actually talked with Bedecta Von Pucher, my friend from Belgium. He, uh, you'll find out, met me in Chicago. He had some business. I did some stand-up. We did some biking together. It was a gay old time. We ate a lot of pizza. Your boy's off of his diet. He's feeling fat. I've been eating a lot of edibles. I'm a hungry caterpillar, folks. I've, decided, I've, I've learned what my weakness is. Idle. If I'm idle, I eat. If I'm running around crazy busy, I'll drop weight like nothing. What is that? I'm a bored eater. 
Yeah, I'm sort of the same way. When I'm at home, I like to snack. So as long as I have healthy snacks readily available, but that's the problem with healthy snacks is that they require prep time. It's you way eat, easier just to like open a bag of tortilla chips. You eat like an asshole when you go home to visit your parents. <laughs> you literally walk in, hug everybody, then open the fridge. <laughs> like the fridge is like a sibling to you. <laughs> like, oh, good to see you, Sean. How's it doing? Okay, hello there. You know why? There. My mom always makes such good snacks for when I come home. She makes like a big bowl of salsa. She makes this delicious homemade salsa. But she treats you like you're her son who just got home from football camp. Like, we're adults. We don't need to be force-fed food. And it's great. I'm not turning it down. Put 3,000 calories a meal. So we have a new listener. Should we read her article? Or, uh, I called it an article because it's lengthy. Sorry there. We'll call her Sarah because she didn't say not to use her name. Huge fan from Philadelphia. Can you hear me okay? You all right with me? All right. Let's 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 uh, go through this here, and then we'll get to the episode. Hey, guys. I'm writing in from Philly and so excited to be reaching out. I first listened to the sap when you brought... Uh, Lo Marie on from Instagram because I have quite the girl crush on her and her lifestyle. And while I listened to learn more about her, I was lucky enough to stumble across such an awesome podcast and I've been obsessed since. Woohoo. I hear the emails you read. By the way, this is, we get a lot of nice emails from people. This one so far I think is one of my favorite. I only read the beginning and the end because I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But um, How is that not spoiling? Well, I didn't, I, there's a lot to it. I, okay. I hear the emails you read from other listeners and think how grateful they must be that you're giving them a shout out and providing practical life advice based on the issue they write in about. So here I am writing in to say, hey, love you guys so much. And I have a relationship issue I'd love some advice on. I'm in my early 20s. And a few months ago, I started my first corporate real life job at a company and came in into it so motivated. I'm still very motivated and I feel like I'm on the right path but I've recently been facing an unconventional work struggle. The company I work for is small, less than 20 employees, and the, and the man I work for directly is the boss of the entire company. His secretary is the one who has trained me and continues to be my mentor as she's in her late 20s and has been with the company for years, starting as an intern and working her way to up to know everything about the company. He's in his 50s, happily married with kids, and she is married as well. The issue I'm having is the relationship between the two of them. It is unreal. The first day she told me they bicker like a married couple and are very close and boy do I see that on a daily basis. They have similar dorky personalities and have uh, her words and have conversations and make jokes throughout the day that are not my humor personality whatsoever. But of course I'm laughing and going along with it in order to become closer and more comfortable with both of them. I've been there for a few months at this point and still don't feel like I'm being myself. In this line of work, it's not common to be your 100% relaxed self, but the majority of the struggle to be myself is coming from the weirdness of their relationship. He is a reserved, pretty shy guy, and she brings out his ongoing side in a way I don't feel I ever could. I'm doing a good job at work, but I struggle enough as a third wheel in this strange work relationship, and I'm finding that it's really getting the best of me. I hear them whisper to each other in his office with an earshot of my desk about others in the office, sometimes me. I notice he asks for her assistance way more frequently than me and gives her these passes that he wouldn't tolerate from anyone else. Dress code, being late to work, socializing with others. Honestly, they're both good, nice people. It's just uncomfortable and I feel I'm stuck in this somewhat lonely situation. I get myself worked up over it. I also feel like I don't have someone at work to turn to because both my boss and she are so important and respected in the office that I don't know what, that I don't know who I'd feel safe um, venting to. I come home and bitch to my boyfriend or roommate or sweet mom who has infinite patience for my life struggles but i'm feeling guilty being a whiny baby about it because end of the day it's just a job and i won't be there forever unfortunately that logic just doesn't feel as practical when dealing with this at work day to day 
I know this isn't the classic romantic relationship write-in, but you both give thoughtful advice on the unique and personal situations you read. I don't know what I'm asking for. Advice on really just sharing my situation and thoughts with two people whose input I value. I know I won't be at the office forever, but for the year or so that I put in, I'll have to deal with the two of them in my awkward place in the social professional circle. It's a combination of the fact that this is my first real work setting and my personal anxiety with fitting in and enjoying my day. Important to note, I'm a huge introvert like Tasha and feel drained even at the... Uh, uh, drained enough at the end of the day, putting on this peppy front for people who I would not socialize with if it wasn't for this job. Thanks, Dave, for reading this, and thank you both for your work on this podcast. I found this podcast to be a great stress reliever to plug into work, to plug into and from work because you discuss topics that everyone deals with. I love how vulnerable you both are, whether it's discussing your insecurities or bickering with one another while recording. It's real, it's humbling, and it's appreciated by everyone who's a fan of the podcast. Because you both are a great reminder that it's okay to feel how you feel. We're human and life can be hard. Love you guys and thanks again for everything you do. I mean, I don't know about us bickering. That's really sweet. It's very sweet, right? Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I, I started reading it while I was walking the dog and I'm like picking up his shit in one hand. And I'm like, I think this letter deserves... i wipe a tear with the other bag of shit. I'll never get used to picking dog shit up. That's something. Because when I had a... What, like a Marty... A Marty off topic. Off topic. <laughs> so here's the thing work relationships yeah that's they tough. don't differ much from personal relationships in the sense that you need to even you're even kind of more so obligated to like make them work because it's your job i can under, i can relate it's a tough situation i know that for me you know there's a lot of things to kind of unpack in what she said but the first thing that stuck out to me is um that well, okay, two things. One, this sounds like you need to watch the show Suits. She needs oh, to watch geez. it. No, for real. Because Leave it, it to sounds Tasha to relate like it to some cable the relationship between Harvey, I think is his name, <laughs> the main guy, and, the secretary. and his secretary, Donna. They have like a very close relationship. And like, even though it's seriously. not really a romantic relationship, <laughs> they like, you know, they just get each other. And it's hard to feel like a third wheel when like you're walking in on like a bestie kind of relationship because it sounds like they really get each other. And so, of course, it's going to be hard for you to like, if the, if their personality or their sense of humor is not your natural personality or sense of humor, it's hard. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle to fit in. But what you have to remember, and you mentioned this, is that they're not talking about you. They might say something once every whatever. But like for the most part, I know for me, I have this problem where I always think people are talking about me. And maybe it's like a narcissistic thing. I don't know. But like, you know, so I've been working this job a little bit that I sort of got fired from. I mean, I didn't really get fired, but I got replaced. Um, But I still, no, it's not really. But I've still, they've still been asking me to come in like once every, yeah, I sort of got benched. I got benched. (laughs) I got benched. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was, it was just like her situation. It was a very stressful environment for me. I don't know. I didn't, I think I didn't realize until, you know, in retrospect, exactly how much stress I was getting just from the act of going to this job twice a week and like spending time with people who, didn't really give me like appreciative vibes. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Cause my replacement was bitching to me a lot about the job too. Um, but the point is that like, because I think I was feeling insecure from having gotten benched and 
every time I would like walk out of the changing room and they would be like talking to themselves about something and then immediately stop talking because I walked in, I'd be like, oh my God, they're talking about me. It's just not true. It's not, that's like a ridiculously insecure thing to feel. But I understand that she feels that way because it's a natural, it comes, I have to, I have to actively work to like push that feeling down and remind myself that like, they're not talking about me. They're talking about other bullshit that they have to do at work. They've got, they've all got a million things on their plates too. They're not worried about me. We're just existing in the same environment. And kind of like bumping around off of each other and just trying to manage. I I'd, I'd, Probably her boss and his secretary are not actively talking about her. She may have heard them talking about her one time. Sure. That's, you know, but every day it's not like they're like behind closed doors. Like what's the like. Scheming. <laughs> yeah, scheming. Do you take any time to breathe? Why should I do that? <laughs> you, I, could, I love how you could tell when I was about to interject and you just talked faster. Because I'm so used <laughs> to being interrupted by you all the time. Which is funny because you someone, literally on, interrupt me every someone day. on Reddit said that I interrupt you a bunch. And I'm like, do you not realize if you want to break it down, you definitely interrupt me two to That's one. That's so two not true. To one. You think that was interrupting? You feel like you got interrupted just now because you weren't able <laughs> you to didn't interrupt, let me, interrupt. me. You literally boxed me out no, from the dugout. I want to get my thoughts out before I forget them. I have Isn't it crazy brain. that it's 10 a.m. on a Monday and we're giving job advice <laughs> from our couch from our day bed yeah it's interesting it sounds like there's also also a dynamic there where you want to please the boss it becomes very tribal and also like you want to please daddy which i'll probably get shit for saying maybe i won't people don't give me too well, much but shit. if it was a female boss it's the same way you still you like i don't know i take pride in my work i want to do a good job i want everyone to like me i think that's a normal thing i wanted to be like too and from the from the day one of my my only real corporate job i could tell but also they were going around i three months into my job was when they passed out christmas bonuses and she handed one to everyone around me and i w- i sat in the middle of a circle so i could watch my boss give everyone else a bonus and I didn't even get yeah, a Christmas card. Yeah, but that card. was probably from the previous year. Now, someone else was there for just as long and got a bonus in a separate department. So my department decided not to give me a bonus. Well, it's I, fucked up. Yeah, it but is I, fucked up, but I, you know. But what we do is we we kind of make everything about us. Yeah, you mentioned that like, you think everyone hates you and it's like, it's such a freeing thing if you can just realize that no one cares about you. It really is. Nobody cares. I remember like in high school being super insecure about my looks or, you know, from not just high school, from middle school on, basically from the time you become self-aware of how you look. Like I remember I would think about my outfits or like my makeup or I'd like get a zit and I'd be like, oh my God, everyone's thinking. Nobody gives a fuck You ever do that where you're walking down the hall and you just have this internal dialogue about what everyone's thinking about you? About you. you. But in actuality, they're not. It's a chick who's like looking for a tampon. A guy's got a boner. He's trying to hide it with his yeah, biology Yeah, they're stressed textbook. out. They didn't do their the homework. They've got their own zits. Fucking the teacher's assistant. Nobody cares. Nobody Everybody's cares. thinking about their own stuff. Nobody's thinking about you. That's why I found a career where people have to care. <laughs> like I literally have to walk on a stage and they have to notice me. And if they don't, you throw a and shit And if they don't thing. notice me, I go, hey, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm up here. My eyes are up here. Put your phone away. I literally have created a little world where I can <laughs> put a little tiara on 
Anyway, Sarah, thank you so much for writing in. Um, you know, I love story. I love hearing about new people. They find us, whatever. Um, here's how you got to f- keep finding us is uh, make sure you're subscribed on all platforms. If you got an iPad, a laptop, and a phone, hit the subscribe button on each. I don't know if that makes a difference, but it can't hurt. We got our boy Camden well, over I here. Well, I feel like it already ha- would have that. If you have like, because it's attached to the cloud. I'm saying if you're listening in a, in a car right now, grab your husband, your boyfriend, your girls, whoever. Grab their phone. Hit the subscribe button. We got big things coming. And it starts with uh, with people like you, Sarah, that write in. And f- and by the way, everyone who writes in to sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com automatically gets put on the newsletter, which I'm going to be sending out tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, I'm going to send out a birthday newsletter. I'm going to send a photo of Pooker and myself biking through Chicago, and you get to hear this great podcast we did. By all by all means, I'm not about. I'm not going to shit on the the interview the podcast we had but we did it highly hungover after three days of eating pizza and drinking beers and farting a lot and and i think we talked about so much over the course of our time i tried to recap it in the podcast but um we'll see how it goes i mean it got political in nature because you're talking to a guy from europe uh, you know asking him you know the europeans at least the ones i know are so much more educated on paul on at least american politics so it's interesting to get you know thoughts from somebody who uh, isn't just involved in the media mess that we're involved in yeah they probably have a less biased news source over there oh totally i mean don't get me wrong they have you know he mentioned like state-run news too and i'm just like well how do you know you're not involved in the propaganda and he's like i don't know but but you know there's there the, the, the key the key to everything in life is getting a um diverse spread of information and the th- same thing goes you know I'll, I'll tie this back to the email within a it, when you at work you just gotta like don't just impress your boss be undeniable and um i don't even know what she does but it sounds like she really has that young motivation where she's in a new job out of college and all this just uh do your best to get to know everybody and be likable i think being likable is the yeah, number one trait and you can doing have. a good job I always got by in life on my lack of social skills just by like doing a good job. But you know what your biggest issue is, Tasha? What's my big issue? You remember, you know my new quote? What? Perfection. How does it go? Better is best is the enemy of better. Perfection is the enemy of good. Yeah. I'm going with perfection is the enemy of good. And you think that I didn't tell you that? I told you this. If you if this you if you produced me. this podcast, you would re-listen to it and bleep out and add this and add that and and then you'd get so stressed you would never upload an episode. But we're 282 episodes in. Well, thankfully I have you. You, you have who me. half-asses everything, <laughs> even taking out the garbage. What? So How do I half-ass taking out the garbage? That's a critique. You don't empty the bathroom garbage when you take out the kitchen garbage. If I don't do it, it doesn't get You're empty. a psycho for the amount of garbage that you create in the bathroom. I don't know where any of that comes from. Do you never blow your nose? Do you never use Q-tips? No and no. Do you never change the toilet paper roll? Every so often. <laughs> when it's down to its bare minimum fiber left. When I've scraped every ounce of fiber off of the ply. Oh, I do everything you around really don't, here. You really don't, though. You really don't. I made the bed this morning. I, for the first time in weeks. False. When you're going away on your Mexico trip, what do I do? What do I do the day before you go away? I do the laundry. I get everything going. Now I'm going away. Did, did you do the laundry for me? Tasha, thank you so much for doing the laundry. You must have <laughs> folded it all and put it away because I didn't notice you did it. And also we're we out We actually of, should have done that yesterday. We should have done all the laundry see, yesterday. See, but see, we should have done it. I take care of it. I don't do and it I don't by half myself. Ask, see? But I do everything else around here. 
So what? You do a little laundry and you walk the dog sometimes. Come on. You give me no credit. I keep this. Your lack of gratitude. You would never clean anything. They took out our old stove and it was crusted around the thing. Yeah. From you all never the, wiped down the, the stove From all the good cooking night, I do. I wiped down the stove top. Babe. I had an, another point that I wanted to make in oh, regards gosh. to this letter. Well, we're out of time though, so. Okay, yeah, which, which point? Well, I Plenty just wanted to Go tell her it. that even though she hasn't found her her, tri- her work tribe yet, like, it doesn't mean it won't happen. There's going to be people getting hired. Like, you know, she just needs to stay true to herself. And eventually she's going to find a person that she vibes with super close BFF style, just like her boss and his secretary. Can I say this, Sarah? Also, and I don't know if this is a w- thing that women do more than men, because I know I'm guilty of it too, but I'm also feminine in nature i would suggest being careful how much complaining you do to your boyfriend and your mom because i feel like that can become the, yeah, she the seems crutch like she already knows like tasha i love it when you tell me your problems but when it's the same shit over and over it's like i know that one company is going to piss you off but then i have to relive but it i with don't you. work for them anymore <laughs> you're benched <laughs> no i, I actually am working for them like two they, times they the next paid you weeks. very well but it's like, but you know, you know what I mean? But is like, the money worth the stress? <laughs> no, it's not. And I mean, it's nothing's ever worth the stress unless it's short term and you can get over it. But yeah, when it comes to venting, there needs to be some thought that goes into how you vent. Maybe instead of complaining to your boyfriend, you just listen to some Avril Lavigne for a few songs. I don't know why she's an example. I love Demi Lovato. Sorry, not sorry. You know what I mean? Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe bring the best version of yourself to your boyfriend, but also... But, you know, it's nice to have, like, I, it, it, you sort of need, like, someone to share your burden. I know that that sounds, <sighs> like, a little bit kind of selfish. But I do think that, like, it's therapeutic. There's a reason that people pay to go to a therapist to have someone listen to them. Because it's hard. Like, it's hard to complain to your mom or your boyfriend or whoever about the same stuff over and over. So should I start invoicing you for backed therapeutic phone calls from every job you've ever had no you can start once you start actually giving me the massages that you promised me then we'll talk about it again well but you asked for them after i've had like two edibles and i'm melting into a memory foam How about mattress. offer before you eat edibles then okay fine but just know if my body's you know got horse tranquilizer running through it don't ask me to massage you i'm stuck inside my head and i ain't moving for nothing you got a problem uh we all have problems and that's the point of this episode so we're happy to share our problems with you uh it's a good start to the week uh, i'm excited to turn 33 uh it's, it sounds like a good year i really thought you were older than that for some reason based on my confidence <laughs> my demur <laughs> my charisma and gregarious nature your grace oh, peeking grace. through. <laughs> I, I have very little grace you for do. my age now you have good grace i got a whole bit i'm doing about hair now I've got a whole bit about how I got my nice hair and I've learned how to quaff it the right way to please the ladies and look like a big douchebag. That's what people online, when the, the haters that make fun of me, they just see my hair and they go, this guy's an asshole. What's the matter? I don't know. I think you have good hair. You know what I mean? I, I got, it's weird. It's, it's weird that I got put in the body that looks like the biggest asshole and all I want <laughs> out of life is to be liked. Do you know what I mean? What do I have to do physically do you really, to look more likable? Okay, let's be real though. Be real with me. 
do you think it's your body that's giving off <laughs> asshole vibes? Or do you think it's your asshole vibes giving off asshole vibes? I think if I was 100 pounds overweight and had a bowl cut, people would find me to be the most likable person no, in the world. No, Okay, let me tell you. There is a reason why I cried when Caleb sang You Got a Friend in Me on American Idol because he has the sweetest soul that just like oozes out of his you pores. You got a friend no, in me. No, don't even, babe. I swear you to God. You got a you're friend You're ruining in me. it. You're ruining well, how it. How does the next verse go? Babe, no. When the troubles are gone. No, you don't know the words. And subscribe you're not to the podcast of today because you got a Are you going to let me finish my thought or are you just going to sing like an asshole? Please tell me more about crying watching American Idol last the, night. The thing is, he's got a sweet soul and you can feel it through the television. Because what he's a not attractive. Guy. No, he's not unattractive. He's lost a thousand pounds. I don't know. I'm just saying we love to root for the guy who's in last place. We love to root for the... You know what I mean? Once you get what it is that you want, people wreck you. They, they, and I don't even have that. Do you know what I mean? But like, I like my my comedy is going to progress. My point is that he has a sweet soul. He does, and you do too. The fact that you started crying, watch, like watching a seven an eighteen year old sing on American Idol while you were probably tripping balls was really sweet. And you have a sweet soul too. You cry over some of the funniest things. You just lose your shit. I mean, some of the things you cry over. You don't even know what's happening. You've cried because you laughed. You'll watch something laugh and then you'll just start crying. And you Ali don't, Wong? Yeah. You did it yesterday too over something else, but I don't even remember what it was. And we watch America's Funniest Videos. I mean, we really had a Midwestern day. <laughs> anyway, we're just rambling on this point. I know people... Uh, I think people like our intros. I do. I think they like it. Um, it's not too different than who we are when the microphones are off other than you'll probably find something to stress out about once we turn this off. Oh, I got a few hours to kill before I have to go to work. So really, this morning is all hunky-dory. All right, hunky-dory over here. Happy birthday to me. That means Tasha's birthday is one week away till she turns 18. <laughs> I've been fucking a 14-year-old. Don't isolate that clip. Um, she's not turning 18. For <laughs> those new people, they're like, well, this is a weird one. <laughs> but you can lie about whatever age you want to be. I don't care. I'll pick a new number for this year. Because to me, you're just some immature chick who's stuck. Excuse me. Walking down a hallway. I thought we were going to end on a positive note. I here. was making a positive. And now you're insulting me. You've got a Harry Potter shirt on. Is that Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> we got to end on that. All right. Enjoy my talk with my buddy, Bedecht. I got him too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, we can see them through. Oh, you got a friend in me. Yes, you've got a friend in me. Don't sing, babe. Is that him singing it? Yeah. No, he's too good. I can't ruin it. Rub a head and your miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You've got a friend in me. <laughs> Almost. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. This, you're gonna be my first. Uh, I don't. Want, I don't think you're my first international. 
guest. Okay. But uh, you're my first international guest that I like. Oh. Can I say your full name? Sure. Brecht von Puka. Yeah. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah. You, now you say it like, a, like an actual Belgian. Brecht von Puka. Say it one more time. Brecht von Puka. Like I said, Brecht von Puka. <laughs> yeah. That's good, right? That's pretty good. Pretty close. Not bad. Yeah. So how do we... Un- how do, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an intro here that t- sort of sums up our world. But we met how many years ago? 13? 13. Uh, or September. more? Well, and we look just as good. Yeah. So hold it closer to here. Yeah, I look, perfect. I lost hair, but uh, anyway. you lost a little hair. <laughs> we all we all lost a little something. Yeah. Some of us lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. That's, yeah, that's I can't. Horrible. I'm gonna have to take that out. <laughs> that's. <laughs> why would I say wow. that? All right, that's coming out. I, this is what end up happens. I usually have to bleep half of what I say. You should mention Syria or something in your. Yeah, in just your start off with no, uh, who got I, bombed this week. <laughs> what do Belgians think of us? Oh, what's what's going on? I think like we, we spoke about the whole election and the presidency of Trump. I mean, we're still, I think you in the States is the same. You're still kind of in shock maybe sometimes. At, uh, but do you Trump. think we're all idiots? No, no, no. Because uh, if you look at the elections, the, the votes that went out for Trump, I mean, what? He didn't even got majority of the votes well, just because of the system. The system. Yeah. Yeah, and because yeah, yeah. in France they don't have that system, right? They have like, don't they have like a very quick election? We spend millions, mm. all this private private donors and companies sponsoring people. It's all fucked. We don't have the system. What is called PACs or super PACs? Yeah, it's all more political parties get money from government to be a political party, so they get funding. They are not allowed to have immediate funding from like companies or investors, so they, they it's more regulated. So the budgets are lower because the politicians... Because it's regulated. They have to put money themselves. So you can't just have the Koch brothers sponsor no, one person so. and no, decide no, the election. No. It's a completely different But then system. again, you live in, you live in uh, Germany. You live in Belgium. Like, do you even matter? What's going on? Like, Belgium's tiny. Yeah. You're, the, you're the middle child with, well, with, with older and younger siblings around you. Yeah. Just fighting each other. And you're just there like, hey, can we all get along? The UN's based here. Well, you Does that sum it up right from an ignorant American? Yeah, because <laughs> if you look at Europe as a as a political uh, kind of system where you have the European Commission, we were the fathers, the founding fathers of the, the whole European system in Belgium. Congratulations. So, yeah, we Chocolate, are... Chocolate, beer, and the founding fathers of European... We are like, uh, with, the, with the States, we are uh, investing together too little according to the uh, percentages that we should, like in uh, material, military tools and stuff. Like uh, we are on this program to buy the F-35 striker jets together. Who are you buying them with? Uh, we, I think it's, um, we haven't decided yet, but there's but only But isn't one. that always weird? It's like, so we just bombed Syria, right? And, and it was with the help of the French and English. It's like, so what are we just getting together and going, all right, we're all going to decide to bomb somebody are yeah. you with us or not? And I mean, then the French president was the kind of, uh, how would you call him, moderator in that debate? The, he called Russia, said, hey, guys, we're going to attack this base. Are you okay? He called Trump. He said, hey, you should attack. Oh, oh he started it? Yeah. The French started the yeah. war. Well, The bombing. The bombing, yeah. They, he was the kind of talking, making sure that everybody was aware about what's going to happen so they could retreat their troops because they didn't want to bomb Russian troops. So that would have been a start of a big war. a bad move. So that would have been a quiet. So they just, just wanted to bur- bomb the uh, children of Syria. And Macron was the guy who was actually 
driving this discussion. What's crazy is that he married his high school teacher. Yes. That was his high school teacher or, or yeah. even younger? I think they met around 16. So is, that, is the Belgian culture okay with that? Because I know you're right on the... You're basically French. Yeah. For the Belgian, you're... you're well, you, you cannot say... Uh, what do you, how many hours from France are you? I'm one hour away. Okay, you're one hour from France. Yeah. So I live in Los Angeles. I can drive one hour and still be in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. be in a different country. Yeah. You're French. Yeah, I'm up north. I'm in Netherlands in one hour and south... I'm You're that close to the Netherlands? Yeah. All right, let me, un- let me unpack this. I'm with Brecht von Pucker. We studied abroad together in Marseille, France. Turned out to be kind of a shithole of a city. Um, oldest uh, port city of, um, of the Mediterranean, 2,600 years old. Yeah. Uh, it's where they have Chateau d'If wow. in the Count of Monte Cristo. Not bad, right? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the world that soap. A lot of, yeah, the, we took one tour. <laughs> the, all the soap comes from Marseille. That's where a lot of the... Sa- was it Sapon? Savon? Savon. Savon. Anyway, that's all I know. But um, yeah, we lived good. together during uh, some crazy times. I mean, the, uh, Bush was president. Katrina just happened, which wasn't a big deal for you, but that was like big in the states that mm-hmm. Hurricane Katrina just happened mm-hmm. right when I moved, right when I went to study abroad. Um, we, everyone hated Bush, and now we're in a situation thirteen years later where it's like Bush is Bush is looking okay right now. Yeah, even though he's probably done more harm. Whatever. I don't yeah. want to get all political. No, but it's in, what was interesting to me was coming to France for the first time. You know, we can travel a lot within the United States, but in the end, it's still um, we, we're still like a product of the media that we get. So, like, I, I literally went to France and was defending Lance Armstrong, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Dude, he's a cheater!" And I'm like, "Oh, fuck you guys!" Was it known already then? Yeah, no, not in the states. Oh, really? Oh. No, in the states, it was it was literally we're like. Oh no! There's all these allegations. They're not true. He's passing all his tests. Yeah. And over there, and then Etienne, our good friend, and the French never liked Armstrong. That's why. But they were right, and it was also the it was also their race. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Tour de France, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's so it. That's Lance it. Armstrong won it six or yeah. seven times. Seven. Seven. Wow. And then everyone's he was like, a, "Oh, he's he, a fucking cheater." He would be still the record holder if he would kept. He would have been able to keep his. Yeah. All with one. Victories. All with one the, testicle. He was good. I mean. He was good regardless. Everyone was yeah, everyone was doping. Was but the point is, I that was my first moment where I was like, oh, maybe everything I know isn't real. Yeah. And then, but in in the states, if if you're super critical of like the government, everyone's like, why don't you fucking move to Canada then? Like yeah, like they yeah, want us. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. We, yes, sure. This is the land of the free. But also, there's a lot of. Um, I, I don't want to. It's a great country, but I don't want to say. You know, it's you know the whole like we're number one. That's what you you understand. Like you get raised like this. Do you do you see? Have you you haven't seen any of that in the states where it's like we'll just do like USA chants? Yeah, you know what I mean. I think we're kind of jealous about that in Europe. Like like you say, we're like the puppy in Europe. We're like such a small country, so it's tough for us to find pride in in what we do. We're like the guys who say, "Hey, don't make a big deal of it. It's it's really nothing you've did. Like if you have even a." build a business you just need to keep low profile and right. you're kind of jealous that in the states you can like be really like you're proud of your country that's great that's a yeah great thing. The, it's but the pride is weird you know what i mean because the only thing our country has in common is we all speak english and even that is in our national language yeah. you know what i mean so that's not even really everything else is divisive and it's a bunch of states so it's like the european union I mean, I don't, but obviously the culture shift when you go from Greece to, 
you know, Portugal is going to be way different than if you go from Maine yeah. to Washington, D.C. Definitely. Yeah. But it's uh, so but because of that, you That's have visible. Maybe there is a big difference in mentality in, in the States that because you speak the same language, it's maybe less visible. But definitely in Europe, you will travel across borders. and it's. But what I see in Europe is the ability to you can criticize other countries within your union and you can have that um, nationalism. Like, I'm Belgian and then you got the, I'm Danish and you got that all that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I feel like you've got this, um, in Europe, this uh, sort of everyone has to play fair. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, like, you have to speak five, you, I mean, you speak five languages, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's insane. You know what I mean? Here, if you even begin to learn a language, everyone's like, oh, fucking Johnny's a superstar. Yeah. He yeah, can say yeah. como te amas. And we're like, oh, he's a fluent. Like, to be fluent in the States is different than how you would consider yourself fluent. Mm-hmm. You're probably fluent in seven languages, the way we kind of create no, it. You know what I mean? That's too much. Five is good. Five is a good number. So, what have you learned in our, in our visit to Chicago? You, we, we got to Hooters. Yeah. Was it everything you expected? That was a rich cultural experience. <laughs> I must say. It wasn't. It wasn't that the busty blondes you probably expected. Yeah, indeed. It I was, was expecting women roller skating. You thought you were going to get Something women like, roller skating, yeah. and you kept on calling it hookers. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, which I, which I love. Babe, she didn't like that. Well, in the end, <laughs> <laughs> I go. I go, Pooker. You got to smack the girl's ass, and that means that's a, that's how we do tip system yeah. here. So if you want to give her twenty percent, you pinch the ass. See, I can't get in trouble for that when I say it on a podcast. But if I said that on Facebook, people will, it would start this gender war. Yeah. But on podcasts, people, and this might be the same with media, you can you can um, assern my uh, tone. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should smack a girl's ass at Hooters. You can understand that it's a joke. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. what our society's missing. You it's didn't context. tell me that before when I. Before I <laughs> no, I mean, I totally wanted to see if you would do it, and, and you did. Good job tipping. Um, that's why we call it the tip. Um, but yeah, there's this issue here with politically correctness that it's okay on it's okay on the level where everyone should be fair and treated right. But what's happening is people are hijacking it for their own good. So it's just like how media will like hijack and politicize a war or anything because it like fits their agenda. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you have media in where, where you live? Where you? Have, you know, because we have like Fox News versus CNN. It, they both mean something like. That's almost like dating profiles now. Who are you with? What team mm-hmm. are you on? Yeah. Whereas it used to be, you could be, you, I, I could have voted for one way, you could vote the other. I could give two shits mm-hmm. because if I like somebody and they have their own sort of agenda or their own belief system, then pro-life or pro-choice isn't that big of a deal. Is it a big deal in Europe to yeah. be like that divisive on issues? Well, first of all, the media is different organized. We have a lot of public-owned media still. You have a lot of companies that are funded by, uh, by governments. Then you have some privatized uh, media companies, but it's less, um, they're playing less divisive. Uh, they are really much more on information focused than really opinionating. But it, do you, can, can you tell that it, if it's propaganda, if it's like these state run? Well, we don't really have that propaganda stuff. How do you know? How do you, know, how do you, you know what they're feeding you versus you always I'm turning into a conspiracy, yeah, yeah, conspiracy yeah, theory? Right. We should be critical. We should look, be sure that we're not getting. Indeed, programmatic stuff. But no, I don't think... In, if I look at media around me in Belgium, France, or Netherlands, it's still always very... They talk about a statement. They explain what it means. And if a politician, they get they interview him, it's going to be like very uh, fact-based and they're going to be 
really not pushing that politician, like his view on us, it's going to be still very objectified. Yeah. So that's good. I think what we lack here, for the most part, there's no training for how to use social media and how to understand if an article is even real or yeah. not. You know what I mean? Now with Photoshop, they're doing like visual Photoshop where they're Photoshopping people what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's not just splicing it, but literally putting someone else's words in like, you know, Obama's mouth just to show that like, oh, the president said this. No, he didn't. That yeah. was made up. Like that, you know, that's all that exists out here. We don't have the ability. We just see something and have that confirmation bias where we're like, oh, that's... Yeah, that, that's that's what I believe in. I'm I'm gonna go yeah. Google. Like we're, we're about his videos that they can, like Photoshop. They can be yeah. They can literally Photoshop yeah. someone to saying something different. Yeah. They can just yeah, scan yeah, yeah, the yeah. face. Yeah, that's crazy yeah. shit. Well, this 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 should be also in Europe because we. I mean, it's in it's a global network. Yeah, no, no, no. But so I don't. Stuff, yeah. But but it's also like who? I guess I guess it comes down to being uh, the whole point. I guess to be educated enough to know to make your own decisions about. Mm-hmm. things whether it's what you read what you know be as informed as you can versus just accepting whatever comes yeah. to you and coming from like a small town in rhode island it's just whatever comes to you the local news i mean yeah. you're from a small town right yeah. yeah so like what's what's the vibe like in your small town versus say like brussels well everything is really well, we, we're still it's a small country so there's like my town was uh, where i was born is five thousand people biggest city in belgium is like one million people so it's all Still very lel- relative regarding that size. It, are there racial issues, or is it just a bunch of white people speaking Flemish? Yeah, because you grew up in the Flemish part. Yeah, which is like, what? What the heck? What is there another country that has a similar language, or is that just like you know what I mean? Like, there's a love language. That's not a romance language. No, what, it's what, German. It's German. It's a German language. So the Netherlands, we we speak uh, the so, same language. So was it easy to learn uh, German? Yeah, from knowing it's Flemish. The same. And then can you understand so Netherlands as well? I'd say 70% the same. Seriously? Grammar-wise, but more vocabulary-wise, it's completely different, of course, but grammar-wise, the same structure. Will you say something for us like, hey, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast? In German? Flemish. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the podcast from Dave Neal. Is that it? Yeah. All right, do it, wait, do it again. And I want to be able to isolate nice this and put it in the beginning. Yeah. Say something nice. I don't care. It can, be right. mean, it can be mean, whatever, but just end it with the Sex Actually podcast with okay. Dave Neal. okay. Hello, welcome of the podcast from David Neal. Welcome in the podcast to David Neal. That's all I got out yeah. of it. Welcome in the podcast. You know, I, loved it. It. I love when you were FaceTiming with your girlfriend and I was like, I have no idea what they're saying, but it yeah. sounds adorable. Yeah. You're just, oh, yeah. And then you would it randomly just... Opposite. I can understand everything you said to your girl. So well, was... yeah, you're, you're enlightened. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a polyglot. Yeah. You can travel the world. That's why, yeah, that's the one reason I wanted to travel with you. Like when we backpacked through Mexico was I could... I wouldn't get anywhere without you. Yeah. I'm like, tell him I want three tacos. <laughs> I'm just like the asshole who doesn't. But I think you did a good effort in learning French. Well, I studied Spanish. French for a long time, though. Yeah. So, like, I should have known yeah. as much as I did. I think you were maybe a bit, maybe not lazy, but putting <laughs> enough effort in it. No, you're right. You were switching too quickly to English. Oh, yeah, you're right. And you were like... C'est vrai. Yeah. More, C'est, uh, uh, when you were speaking French, you thought it was more like a gimmick. Then actually, well, because it's so yeah, it's that feeling of like feeling stupid. Yeah. Because I'd meet a girl like Bonjour, Savage, je m'appelle David. Qu'est-ce que tu veux avec whatever? And then the girl would like smile and go, I, I speak English. I talk to you because because the girls or anyone would want to learn English yeah. when I was studying abroad. Yeah. So there was this battle between like, what are we learning? I was seeing that girl, Laura. She didn't speak any English. Yeah. My French was horrible, but to her it was like you know that foreign 
You were exotic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exotic. Yeah. And to me, it's like, no, it's Jim Bapel de Bede, como te am. And, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, that, it wasn't... Uh, I guess you, you were... You were probably like four months in France or something. That's it, yeah. You know, you spoke so like fast. Ten sentences in French. And all no, this. here's the thing. My first week in France, I was being shown around the city by um, a, just a French speaker. So I spoke just French with them for a week, and I got really good at it. Then I move in with all with people in English. English really became the, like the default language yeah, when you study abroad, which is interesting. Because, you know, there's there's different types of traveling where, like, um, when when we when we talk about studying abroad in the States, there's two types of people. And this might be good for someone who's considering studying abroad. There's the type that goes to France or Prague or somewhere where there's like, like rich cultural history. And then there's the type that goes to Australia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, not that Australia is not rich in its own history, but they're going to Australia because it's like safe. I can speak English. We can party. So there's like that. So I felt like by going to France, I was putting myself in a different world. I mean, yeah. and this is before, it's really before smartphones. I feel so old saying it. I had like a dumb, tiny little MP3 player that had like a hundred songs. Mm-hmm. So like, no matter what, I was listening to the same stupid music. And then I had this like shitty little phone that didn't have the number seven or, you know what I mean? So like I could only receive texts. And if you had a number seven in your, or like yeah. any word that had the number seven, you know, cause you, you had that, what's it like T nine? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the texting style yeah, before T9. the keypad? Yeah. Jeez. There's people listening to this that probably don't know what I'm talking about. It's the same guy, the T9 guy, who invented the uh, the swipe. You know that? Oh, I, never did, I never did the swipe. Yeah, that's on the... Wait, the wait you mean like it's a swipe to text? You just like, swipe over the letters? Yeah. And it forms a word? That's Flemish to me when I see that. Really? That's bizarre. Yeah. No. That's a but you were... So you were... Because we went back to Bruges, where you're from. Yeah. Now, tell me tell me about Bruges. Bruges is like a fairy tale city, right? It's like... it's it's It was never touched in any of the wars. Right. Right, so no, indeed, it was quite well preserved. We had a um, well. The the uh, issue with Bruges is also or what makes it beautiful is that we were kind of big in the the fourteen hundreds, where we were like one of the biggest port cities in the world. Really, at the time, yeah, we were. Uh, it was a big city. It was an important city for trade, like uh, cotton trade, etc. And you basically had a bunch of canals. Yeah, we had a bunch and of canals. So the, actually, the city was now. If you look at the map today. You'll see that it's quite inward, inland, but it used to be the sea came to the city. So uh, it was then sanded and uh, banked. There were sandbanks, and uh, so ships couldn't come in anymore. So that's how we lost power. So we kind of had this natural phenomenon that uh, the, well, everything slipped up and uh, we couldn't have any boats coming into the city. And that's also one of the, the, the reasons the, the, the city has been kept conserved that well, because... There were no industries, no companies. There's no in. reason, yeah, for so business. people didn't touch the buildings. So you're literally just preserved this like yeah. gift shop of a it's town. Like was somebody pushed a pause button. It might be the most beautiful. It might be the most beautiful town in the world. Like you could, you could make a case for it. Oh, it's let's got say top ten. Top, it's a top ten town yeah, to visit be, as yeah. far as you look. Like I'm modest. I wouldn't say it, I like Venice. I mean, people would say, "Wow, Venice with all the canals." It's Bruges is the same. It's, it's got all these beautiful canals. So it's, but it's got it's just quaint. It's cobblestone yeah, and it's yeah. these tiny little. So like you can bike around the town. It's completely yeah. flat. Yeah. And um, I mean, so what year? Or I think most you of the, also learned me that how to appreciate. That was maybe one of the most, the most important things. Maybe uh, not important, but at least uh, valuable things that I learned when you when we were in Marseille. Everybody said oh, I need to go to Bruges. 
Yeah, and you're like, no, place. that's where I, yeah. I was like, what? All right, okay. I'll show you around. And then he's saying, yeah, you're right. And yeah. I, I, when you lived there for 20 years, you forget about well, the Well, wait, what Europeans don't understand is that Americans, nothing is old here. You mm. know what I mean? I mean, I'm from Newport. That was built in the late 1600s. That's old as fuck as far as what you have here. We're currently right now in Chicago, which was what? When was it rebuilt in the 1900s? Yeah. They had the fire in the late 1800s. The guy started his tour by explaining, by telling, by starting in the year 1830 somewhere. And for us, it's like, that's modern times. I yeah. Mean, that's not even old. You've got plenty of buildings. Yeah. I mean, most funny. of Bruges was built in what? Like, what's, what, what are buildings and houses today in Bruges? What years were those built? Wow. I think if we put an average uh, on, I think, 500 years old. That's insane. Year old. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Probably. Our country wasn't around yeah. when, when your home was built. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because he explained Chicago. 1800s, nothing here. Swamp. There was no land. There, mm-hmm. were, there was just land. Not even the Native Americans wanted to come here. There were no res- there was no like set- settings settlings how do you call that uh, yeah settling s- settling settlers <laughs> you, you know the language better than I do starts like by 1900 there were like 1.5 million here I mean for us everything happened earlier uh, it's just uh, it's just crazy how we've leapt in this modern world and I'm trying to imagine how you would would go through like high school in Bruges dating I just imagine you know you would just give a girl a baguette. Or in a in a Belgian waffle, and then she's your girlfriend. Is that how? Like how does yeah. like it's? I mean, because it's a tiny town. You're living in a fairy tale world. You're literally living. If you can just imagine how Beauty and the Beast. It's like you know what I mean. You're living in Beauty and Belle's neighborhood. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. what Bruges is. Yeah. And then what? What's the first date? What are What are kids doing? When when are when are when are, when are kids like starting to date? Well, depends. I think like fourteen, fifteen years. Because I consider this, I consider at least my own upbringing in Rhode Island to be very conservative. Uh, Catholics, you know, at least the Catholics here, it's very repressive. Like you're just taught, you know, just it's just hammered down from an early age. Like don't bother with girls, blah blah blah. And you just like it's so the idea of sex is like what? No, mm-hmm. but like I, I just always imagine in Europe, people just don't give a fuck. Well, you mean uh, this kind of Catholic background? Yeah. yeah. Well, we do get. Uh, well, you must know that uh, definitely in Belgium and also in France, uh, the there's there's only like two or three uh, school systems, and one of the main school systems is the Catholic school system, like owned by the Catholic Church. But did, are you guys? You guys aren't practicing. Like it's not as religious. It's going. You guys have all the architecture down quickly. Yeah. yeah, Europe has all the architecture of the church, but they've lost. Europe's dark as far as religion goes. We're we're a bit, we're less passionate about it. And I used definitely. to look at it. I used to look at it in the sense that, um, oh, because I used to be, more, you know, Catholic, and I'd look at it as, oh, like they're they're not enlightened people. But I kind of think it's the opposite. Mm. I think religion is kind of what you what you hold on to when when you don't want to know what what else is out there. And I'm spiritual, but yeah. not like, see, you know, you see these old crazy, you know, Gothic churches, mm. and you go. Jesus, scary. Beautiful. Like, it's beautiful, but yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like... Well, when I look at it uh, from... Uh, if I just... On the, the point about upbringing, I think we're all... My generation, we're all still like... Our parents went to church. We went to church to a certain age, and then we lost the actual uh, like objective of it. I mean, why go to church? I mean, there's nothing there. Uh, so a lot of people in my around me, within my group of friends, they've... 
I'm probably one of the guys who went to church at the oldest age. I went, to, I think at 18, I even went to church, and then I went to study, and I never went to church anymore. So probably my friends, they lost even interest before. Did that. something happen, or did you just... I just lost interest. Started drinking I those Sunday mornings. I started believing that there's nothing there. So I'm not an atheist. What do you believe right atheist. now? Yeah, what do you believe? I'm more an atheist than an agnost. I'm not... Den- I'm, what do you think happens when you die? Nothing. You think nothing happens? No. I mean, we're just here. We're just passing by. Do you think you'll be... But do you think your spirit goes somewhere? No. Really? It's dead. You think your spirit dies? Of course. Well, how come when they weigh the, the human body, they've, they've, they've been able to weigh the spirit? Yeah, the two gram theory or 21 grams. Is that what it is? Yeah. You probably know There's more about it than I do. That. Yeah, was that, was that uh, one of the Da Vinci Champagne. Code? Was it, a, not the Da Vinci Code, but was it a Dan Brown movie? They, they talked about it in a Dan Brown book. But anyway, the point is, is that they've weighed people, mm-hmm. right, uh, at their death, and they actually lose weight right when they die, right? Yeah, 21 grams, yeah. And so is that so they, they, they think that the soul the spirit could weigh twenty one grams? No. You don't think so? No. You don't but what, when that spirit leaves the body, I'm trying to sell you on this. Because I well this is what I believe. And I'm not trying to peddle anything to you, but you're in my country, so you'll you'll do as I say. <laughs> but what I believe is that we're all the same organism. Mm-hmm. Vicariously, if if I get kicked in the nuts, you're gonna feel pain. You're gonna feel it. it you're gonna feel you it. Get- if I get if I if, you, if we watch a guy, play, if we watch someone playing soccer and we watch the guy get kicked in the nuts, what do we all do? We go, oh, yeah. you feel it. All right, yeah. I'm not saying you feel as much pain, but you feel it. You yeah, you got this Instagram feed, Wicked Slams. Exactly. And, show, and each time when you, you I, I stop watching the video. You watch it, you go, oh. I'm like, oh, no, no, but it's going to hurt. That's because we're all connected. Even the idea of watching someone else have pain causes us pain. Yeah, that's just like and love. You watch there's me. Not a, there's not a, like an actual link between people. Well, here's the thing: if I if I give a guy, a homeless lady, if I buy her a meal, we went to get breakfast, right? If I go, if I buy her a meal, that's going to give me ten points of happiness. But you watching me buy that meal is going to give you twelve points. The lady who I'm buying the meal for, it's going to give her 14 points. The stranger who has nothing to do with any of it is going to go up 20 points. I made those numbers up. But it's the idea that the random acts of kindness, and today's National Pay It Forward Day, but the random acts of kindness, we, we, we like. We yeah. like to see success even in that. We like to see the guy who's on a high-speed chase from the police get away. Mm-hmm. We just like to see this little, the little yeah. successes in life. When the guy's streaking across the field, we want to we see him get away from the security. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, and, and I, I don't know. The point is, is I think that we're all connected. And I think when you think of God and universe, it's all of us. Universe means one song. So they say universe. It's like we're all singing mm-hmm. the same song. And anyway, that's just how I feel. So where the spirit goes when it leaves, I don't think that it dies because I don't think it ever was born. Mm-hmm. I think it just entered the body. Do you know what I mean? You have a two-year-old daughter. Do you see like, she, do you think she's like, where does that come from? This is like her character. Yeah. She's a person. But that, That's what you can hold. Scientifically, you can explain that stuff. And the point being is that you, you, some people have, you can have different images of what a God is and what does it mean. But in my view, there's nothing like, there's no kind of person out there that has a huge board of instruments that controls the world. My God is white with a beard. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I don't yeah. think, that's I don't what believe in that. I don't believe in that. I, you can maybe, yeah, that we're connected. I think also that's a stretch. 
I just I, I, I think we're just all individuals. You don't think we're connected? Me and you? Bro, no. bro. Yeah, it must you be. Think, 13 years. You think there must be some connection. that I randomly met you? Yeah. This is where it gets like, you ever watch the show Lost? Yeah. I live for this shit. I didn't randomly meet you. Yeah. Which, by the way, I thought you were the kookiest dude. So you're, you're in, a, in, a, our, in our measurement terms, you're about six foot two. Yeah. 1.9, whatever the fuck sort of meters you... W- w- yeah, w- some, of the, some of that. Whatever, is. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I, I unfortunately yeah. refuse to learn. I wish we all would. We're not. It's, it's not going to happen. It's the only country using this it's, uh, it's so weird system. Very stubborn. Go European style, metric. We try. They try in science classes. They're like, this is 10 milliliters. I'm like, but what does it weigh? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're bad. But no, I, I, you, you were this tall blonde guy with like mutton chop... Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and you had and you rolled your own cigarettes, and I'm like, this is as European as it gets. I had Mama's not, not seen listening, right? <laughs> a guy like this. This is European, and uh, and then you you talk, and then you talk you you talk like a professor. You just because you have like this accent that uh, I don't know where it comes from. Just, right. Yeah, oh yes, yeah, and then you come up to us, and I was with Etienne, who I had immediately linked with the French Canadian guy, and I remember when Etienne approached me because he kind of looks. And and again, brother, love this guy. He kind of looks scary because he's strong, yeah, and a little bit smaller, yeah, like small very stocky. Yeah, yeah. And everyone in France is like stick thin baguettes yeah. and and cigarettes all day, and they're super thin. And there isn't much muscle, or at least there wasn't like a gym at our university. No one, no one was working. Really? Out. Yeah, no. It was a gym. I, could, I, I just got fat. There was nothing. No, I'm yeah. saying there was no gym. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no no one was working out, and I was like, "Geez, do some push-ups." Like um, the American idea of working out, it's like, "Yeah, ego jacked, big." And then I see the French Canadian guy who's like a rugby player. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this fucking asshole!" And then he comes up to me and says, "Hey, man, I, we should be friends, bro." And I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> like because I mean, but that's I'm 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 so uh, tribal with with that. Whereas like I always I most of my good friends, I'm not saying I didn't like them at first, but I was like, oh. Am I, is, are we good or not? Oh, and right. then, and then You're like checking out if they were, could be good friends in, or not. In a weird way, and Etienne, this this didn't happen with Etienne, but he and he wouldn't he wouldn't even have known it either because he's got like a confidence and sort of a yeah. he's got like a very strong like he was a great guy to meet abroad um, because he understood me as like an American. You know, we're just you know, but he also had the French culture as a French Canadian, so it was really he was my first like friend I met, and then you came up to us at the foyer which is did i pronounce that right foyer 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 which is the campus bar yeah which is amazing the school didn't have a gym but it had a bar Fast place happy hour one year one year yeah in class you go here's a problem is class ended my my class ended at 4 30 but the bar opened at four mm. i was i was like hey can i go to the bathroom and i was just going to the bar because i was like come on what are we here for which is funny because I made fun of people studying abroad in Australia for just boozing, yeah. but that's all I did. Just, but at least I boozed in a different, you know, language, uh, or at least tried to. Uh, but yeah, then you came up to us one day and you're like, ah, let's go to Barcelona. And I was a, like, that's a bad impression. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, whoa, whoa. Whoa, <laughs> I, think, whoa. I think that's where to go, well, should we go to uh, Barcelona? <laughs> and, uh, and then, dude, and we drove and you had, that's the thing. It helped that you had a car. Yeah. Dude, we were like, wow. I mean, it wasn't really a big magnet this car, but it helped me a lot. Not with the girls, but I mean traveling. That well, was you because you had so where you lived in Bruges was about ten hour drive from Marseille. Yeah, which like is that. crazy to think that you basically can 
drive across France in 10 hours. Yeah. That would have been like if I drove to North Carolina from yeah. Rhode Island, maybe uh, roughly 10 hours. I'm going to Oregon next week. Come to a show, everyone, Portland, Oregon, uh, May 3rd to the 7th. That's going to be a 15 plus hour ride from Los Angeles to Oregon yeah. to go one state away. But that's obviously like California is a gigantic state. But it's just crazy to me that we were able to travel, literally punch our passports in just a quick car ride cool. and go to different... Six hours to Barcelona we did. <sighs> was it that long? Yeah. She didn't even feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And now, but now, now we're just, uh, you know, like what did you learn in, in that study abroad program? I mean, it, it, it's, in, it's interesting to see where all of our friends kind of went because, I, I, you know, for, for the people that follow the podcast... Less than a year ago, I ran into Vincent in Colombia, who was another zany French Canadian. You know, it's just funny how we're, we'll always be connected from even as you know people and people that have studied abroad. No, no, it's kind of one of those things when you you ever go on a vacation for five days and you fall in love with a girl on vacation. It's like, come on, bro! Yeah. Like you're just a part. And but when you're studying abroad, you're <laughs> you're forced to you're 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 so far forced out of your comfort zone that everyone in our circle it's like we're seared with this branding of like dude you know we did it you know yeah. what i mean yeah and that's like i'll never know i'll never have and not to relate it to this but i'll never have that like squad military thing yeah yeah, was yeah. It, dude we were in the ninth we brigade <laughs> we don't have that we just yeah. got drunk in france together yeah. Yeah. which sounds really pathetic we with a lot of guys yeah but it's great great place and a lot of them you know we we have like a you know a group chat where people stay in touch but it you do go it's it's crazy how you do go years without staying in touch with yeah. people you may never see me again true and this has been part of my crazy thing with my good friend dying two years ago. And I'm just starting to really like, and I addressed it and emotionally was there and, and mourned and all that. But even recently I'm, I'm still feel, but this is, I like still feel like his soul mm-hmm. is like hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't buy that, do you? I think it's just, um, <laughs> you want to be close to him still. I think that's a, that's, that's a good feeling. You think it's that's like, a, you think it's like a, just a survival type of, yeah, I think maybe uh, you just want to be uh, keep on remembering him. That's really important. Uh, if that helps you believe in that his soul is around you, then do it. Let's talk about your believe soulmate. Do you do you think of your girlfriend as your soulmate? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you hope so. I hope so. She's listening. She you have to <laughs> tighten that answer up a she little bit. She doesn't use podcasts. So <laughs> I can tell whatever. She will once I, I spam this to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't got an iPhone. So how you guys have been together for a while and you have a daughter? Yeah. And this is what's interesting. We talked about it a few times. I brought this up to Tasha. You've now tell me what it's called when you live together. We we've got um, common law marriage. Yeah. So it's like common law marriage. Yes. We just call it legal cohabitation. So you don't have the pressure. Like, does she want you guys to get married? Yeah. Do you have the pressure of the engagement ring? It's a very ego American well, thing. The, the most important thing for my girlfriend is that uh, we just sign a paper, the the legal marriage thing. And for her, that's done. Do, so you don't have to get her an engagement ring? No. Okay, hold on a that's second. That's pretty good, right? Hold on a second. You don't have to... Because this is... Not, not that... And again, it's not the money, but the idea... And I bring this up and I sound cheap, but De Beers, De Beers Diamond Company yeah. controls the price of diamonds. They're not worth much. You know, I'm not saying they're free, but they're not worth 10 grand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're probably worth a couple hundred bucks. They control the prices. Diamonds weren't worth anything really and then they had this ad campaign decades ago that said 
like you know you know they did the whole diamonds the girl's best friend and they did the whole thing and i'm probably butchering this the facts but mm-hmm. they did the whole thing where like oh you should spend three months salary on your diamond ring yeah they just made this up yeah three months salary that's a u.s thing that's not and i think it's actually more than three months and 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 i'll, and I'll tell you this tasha's not super materialistic but she wants a nice ring but that's she wants that a nice ring important. yeah yeah what well, am i supposed to do it's uh, well, you 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 don't have to spend three months of salary, but uh, what I did, and actually I'm 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 a bit cheap on that, is that uh, my I never gave a ring to my girlfriend. I gave one uh, six months ago, not a, a nice ring, a nice ring to I the think, same girl. Yeah, uh, I thought you were saying like you gave another ring. No, 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 no. So she, I never bought her a ring, but I bought her a ring recently. It's not an engagement ring; it's just a ring, a nice one with like pearls uh, that were. Scooped up uh, somewhere in the in the Asia Pacific Ocean, so it's like a story behind it. I forgot the story. It sounds like you got ripped off. <laughs> no, no, no it was yeah, these good. pearls were scooped up. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> and she's very happy with that. I mean, it made her very happy. But engagement ring. I have Ace. friends who bought a really expensive engagement ring for their future wives. But I guess the three months thing uh, advertisement—that's more something. How do this. you how do you avoid the fact? that most marriages let's say you're married mm-hmm. basically your your cohab would you say it's called cohab- cohabitation you're, you're, you've got your cohabitation is How- it an english word actually <laughs> probably yeah sure uh we just call it common law common get law. the fucking common law kid you've been married for 15 years you pay taxes you uh, it's whatever it is you admit you're gonna be like living together for like seven or eight years it's di- i think it's different in, in different states but if you live together long enough they say fuck it you're married mm. but um with Tasha, I mean, here's what she doesn't care about. She doesn't care about the wedding. Not to say, like, it'll be a shit wedding, but size-wise, money, she doesn't care. Like, yeah. we'll do whatever. Like, not a yeah. big deal. Yeah. But how do you avoid the fact that f- over half, you know, 50, over 50% of marriages end in divorce? Oh. Like, how do you decide to have a kid knowing that it might not work out? Mm. Do you... Do you just go into it saying, hey, it might not, is the healthy thing to be like, hey, it might not work out, but let's try? Or is the healthy thing to be delusional and be like, till death do us part? Because I think the till death do us part is the thing that causes people that that's counterproductive. Yeah, yeah, true. And I, in, in all honesty, and I'm not going to bring a whole story about the origin of marriage, but in the, in the original sense, it was built just so that uh, women didn't provide. Women were stayed at home and the husband was working out and he got the money. He, he got the money in. So they just created that just to protect the woman at the time because they, when they got separated, the woman had nothing. Right. So they had to give her some protection. Because taking care, in the, in the, and it sounds so, like, like we've talked about, even talking about gender sounds yeah. like we're saying something wrong. But if the woman traditionally would spend time raising the kids, taking care of the home that is work i mean mm-hmm. people argue that that's way more work than whatever the guy's yeah. doing you can just so assume it's way more work but the guy's doing the thing that's actually bringing the mm-hmm. money in is that even comedians it's like the women the women if, if if i go if i go and make my money she's entitled to some of that because mm-hmm. she's been there to support me mm-hmm. and i believe in that but now we're in a different society and women work so in some cases they make even more money than, than my husband <laughs> my case so yeah so in that, so to me, this whole uh, reason to get married thing, because it's practic- it's not even romantic getting married, because it used to be created to protect a woman, and just to make sure legally they're connected, so that when they separate, they can protect one or the other. So there's, that, there's not nothing romantic, romantic it's at not all. Romantic. It's not and romantic. Right now, it's not even needed anymore because 
in some cases, if the, if the woman goes out for work and she makes more money, then there's nothing that really needs them to be... Which is actually kind of nice, though. I mean, it's yeah. nice that you don't have like yeah. any money manipulating. So we this is get th- rid of that whole idea of getting married. I think the best thing... And I, I do a joke where like I'm, I just found out I'm a feminist because my girlfriend makes more money than I do. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that it, it's like you, you do treat everyone like equal when you're not holding money over them. We're like, oh, I'm paying yeah. for this. I'm paying for that. I've had months where I was late on rent and I felt like a piece of shit. Because yeah. I'm like, I feel like my girlfriend... Like this big... Uh, yeah, like I'm not the guy I want to be. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't yeah. miss rent. I was just like... But it's like, it's also, you know... It is. I think it's going to be an hour. Like it's... Uh, as a as a man, we're still gonna feel this way if women made more than us for 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 decades. I mean, we've just been always kind of we brought back the the, the deer when we got hunting, so we were the yeah. providers. So, like I'll it's say this: so unnatural for us that it's a woman who's making more money. That's so unnatural. And 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 to give to give women, I always have to give the benefit of the doubt and the credit to the woman. They should be doing whatever is the most fulfilling for them. Yeah. Yeah. It, but what's happening and again again i know i know this because of people they're hitting me online and I, I think i'm getting more good than bad but they're hitting me online saying like oh god forbid we worry about what the guys are going through it's like no 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 we can do both we can worry about the girls and take care of the women and we can also go okay there is a portion of society that of men that do not feel like they're accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. They do not feel like they're bringing home the bacon. They do not feel like, you know what I mean? And it's important that they also feel whatever aliveness that they need to feel. Yeah. You know, I get it through my jobs and all that. I feel it, but I worry about guys, you know, we have someone who listens to the podcast who wrote in that he, um, stopped pursuing music and he wanted to do music, but then he had a family and a kid. And I was like, bro, man, you can still do that when you put the kid. I know it sounds crazy. I don't have a kid, yeah. so I can't like completely understand. Yeah. But like, if you still want to pursue something, you can't afford not to do that. Yeah. Like, don't you want, like, do you ever wonder what your daughter's going to think of you as far as what sort of legacy or who you are as mm, a guy? Of course. You know, like, has anything, like, what do you, what do you look at as someone who went from single life to basically to having a, a young daughter? Has it hit you yet? Is she old enough where you start to re- realize, oh, yeah. like, oh it she's hit- like absorbing everything I do? It took me a long time, uh, but I, I'm like the I'm like the Chandler in Friends. People, my friends don't understand my job, so I'm sure my kid doesn't really care about what yeah. I'm doing. So she 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 sees me behind a PC. So that's but what I do care about is indeed that she's going to realize in a couple of years that uh, I try to to make a difference somewhere, uh, even as minimum as it is. But uh, that feeling grows on me. Uh, when she was born, I had a, I didn't really immediately bond it. I think it's a male thing. It's maybe because a woman, of course, she she has got that bond immediately. Uh, I say, of course, I'm. You didn't sure. bond because she had, she had your looks. Uh, she, you were a little scared. Yeah. You're like, oof. She, she, now she's beautiful. She looks like the beautiful man. little blonde. Yeah. Blonde. You know, yeah. she's got the. Does you, your girlfriend? Your girlfriend's not natural. Not a blonde, right? She she believes she's a blonde. She's a brunette. Yeah, but you're blonde. Yeah. I'm, yeah, uh, With whatever like, whatever uh, hair you got left is yeah. blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's blonde. Yeah. No, but you, you. So yeah, she might. Yeah, your daughter might not understand what you do with like your quote unquote job. But you're a world traveler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you've mastered the art of going to a different country, mm. and and the idea it just it just makes you 
you know, when I, when I was wondering whether or not I was going to come to Chicago, because I was like, we were waiting to see if Etienne could come and I wanted yeah. to come. And the economics of me was like, dad, don't do it. Like you got, I got to, I got to run my race. I got to yeah. do stand up this and that. And then I was like, and don't get in the flights were good. And I was like, dude, man, like I can't afford not to go. Yeah. I can't afford not to embrace the chances I get to like really hang with people that I, that I get, yeah. you know? Yeah. And too often, at least in the States, we're, we're, we're not on this 40 hour work week. We're on this nonstop. I mean, they're, they're trying to pass laws that can prevent bosses from texting or calling you on the weekends. And I don't even have one of those types of jobs, mm-hmm. but it's crazy to think that we're nonstop for our work and we're not really, it's like, how long are we on this spinning rock? Yeah. If, if we do, you know, if when our spirit, if, if like, if you don't believe we go on from here, doesn't like every second mean it's like, I mean, how valuable is that? Yes. What are we Correct. fucking around for? Correct. So thanks for coming yeah. to Chicago. <laughs> hey, it's a good trip. What, what would you have done if I didn't come? I would have stayed around a bit. I'm a, I'm a lonely traveler. I can, I can spend time alone. What's, I like what, that. Give us some advice on traveling alone because that's another thing that I think people are afraid of. Uh, I had a different situation. I was traveling alone in New York. That was a bit tricky because I didn't really like uh, when I was in the hostel, nobody really connected. There was no like connection, but I traveled alone in Mexico and that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, you oh, were in people, Mexico after I left. Yeah. That was like the best two weeks, not of my life. After but I left? It was no. the best weeks after I left? <laughs> I was just correcting. I was just saying, no. It was one of the best two weeks of my life. Not the best. Don't look at me like that when you say that. <laughs> that <laughs> that we, was we great. the same people. We we, the... that, here's what was great. We, we both flew into Mexico City and we both didn't have like each other's i don't even i still don't have your cell phone number i don't think do you know what i mean like True. we've talked through like facebook messages yeah. but back then we did that in 2006 yeah we did that in fall of 2006 we went to mexico which was so baller i missed my first two weeks of class and they were like and, the, and my teachers were like you can't miss class blah 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 and i was like uh, i'm that. traveling another country i think that's better than getting the syllabus <laughs> more than your stupid class. some stupid co- colleges i mean state school folks uh, University of Rhode Island. Um, it's a good school, it's but uh, but anyway, yeah, it was. Um, we just met up, and next thing you know, we're having a michelada in the in the airport in Mexico City. We 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 just get the bus schedule. We just go. We just get the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm not saying I w- I wouldn't really advocate for traveling this way in Mexico now because you'll probably get your head cut off. But the idea that you can just meet like all look all we had all we had was our flights to and from Mexico yeah, City. True. And then we had 15 days. Nothing booked. So when people are crazy, like, I can't study abroad. Can you do 15 days? Can you do nine, seven? I mean, mm. sure. Like, but the, the, the biggest cost is the flight. And yeah. even that's not bad. And then from there, we're taking $5 buses around town, awesome. having like just, you know, I mean, some of the places were that... Yeah, what, we went to one bar in Mexico City that was super expensive. Yeah, I remember. You're it turns me, out Miguel I and Luis are like for these two weeks. We one night. We really did. I was like, that's how much whiskey costs. Wow. Yeah. But once we got out of Mexico City, not only that, I think we noticed the different levels of, you know, the, there isn't much of a middle class there. Yeah. No. There's our friends, which had like we. I think we each had our own private bedroom yeah, when we wow. and and don't get me wrong we flew in stayed with them and then we backpacked yeah. so like we did the hostels it's so not we like we just not, flew in yeah so but, we were not really alone when traveling no so we got friends there but we started and finished with friends and then in the middle yeah. we would you know we went to porto escondido we would have never found this beach town true someone recommended it which seems to be crap so every we, day we had this nice and 
private town, private beach there. Every cool. day we rechecked into the same hostel because yeah. we were like, no, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh, Acapulco, and then every day it's like, or we could stay at this five dollar rooftop five. We had a rooftop. I have a video of that online. That you can, if if people really want to do some research, it's on my old YouTube account. But there's, if you search Mexican Youth Hostel Puerto I mean, Escondido, yeah, I think it's both of us, and it's a tour. I, I'll show it to you after. Oh, it's pretty wow. funny. Cool. It's a tour of us of this rooftop that we had awesome. overlooking. And I, I, did, I had a moment on that trip where I went for a run, and it was it was hot. It was hot, so I went for a run at like seven a.m. I, I went up to this fucking rock, and I think I cried. Not like, you know, like, I'm not trying to sound, but I just had this moment where it's like, fuck, man, this, this is what you live for. Like these moments, this, this moment of nothingness is like so important to me. And maybe it's not to everybody. Had it yesterday. We're biking. We're just biking from a yeah. bar. That same moment where it's just like nothing else matters. How do you capture, you know, it's like, it's about capturing those moments in life and stringing a lot of mm. those together and not looking for it. And none of that, you know, none of that is shared on social media, like a little bit, like we're sharing it so our friends can see, cause we, uh, you know, it's obvious, like, you know, our mutual friends would love to see that we're out there. Exploring. We're not a, the two of us here. We're like the group of friends is here. Just the other didn't travel. Yeah. We just want to share with them. And maybe they could care less, but I think, <laughs> I don't think usually when, when the group sees photos, like when <laughs> yeah. I showed photos with Vincent... They're probably just ignoring. Did you see my photo? Of, you never saw my photo no, with Vincent. right. But you would have been like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Is it funny that I can go to a random to country? Belgium. You got to go to Colombia. Yeah. Dude. But th- I think that's the... Coming back to what I would leave behind to my daughter or what kind of message I would give her is that do this stuff. Like, uh, I would really be happy if she uh, that's my opinion now if she says at 18 hey i want to go to university yet let me travel for a year i would be so happy uh, that's today my my thinking because it's such a valuable experience there's a lot of worse things she could do at 18 yeah, yeah. if she would <laughs> i mean i hope she wants to get out of the house i hope she wants to go and see stuff some people just don't have that itch yeah. i have a stepsister who i think is very happy my sit my sister too very happy living in the hometown yeah so i just i just wonder what that is that 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 kind of like explore mentality but they probably think of traveling to europe every year and they don't do it i had a buddy i had a buddy his mom passed away and she was like but when you know before she died she was like why why did you go to france what's wrong she looked at me like I don't, what, are we not good enough? What's the matter with you? And it's like, no, no, like, you can be good and great. And Newport, Rhode Island, where I'm from, is beautiful. Do we have to head out in a second? We'll we'll, we'll wrap this up in five. What are we at? Oh, yeah, perfect. It's like, we, we don't, you can love where you're from. You're from a beautiful slice of the world. I'm from a beautiful slice of the world. But there's so much else out there. Mm. And the beauty is not just the architecture it's the people it's meeting new people and, and just feeling this is where i get back to that vicarious feeling where i can meet somebody from a different culture barely understand them and be like fuck yeah we're good yeah carry on and it's just that feeling of like unity yeah. that we find when we when we kind of tear down sort of you know i'm looking at the globe right we would tear down the borders these these kind of quote unquote walls that we yeah. have and you go you're just a bro from a different fucking, you know, from Belgium, yeah. we meet at a bar and we roll some cigarettes and then we go see shit. Yeah. And that's all we're doing now. Yeah. We're going to Hooters and we're just seeing <laughs> shit. It's the same thing. We sell some good shit. Yeah. We're just getting older. Yeah, It's true, man. But it's hard. Like, it's hard to have that excuse to travel. Mm-hmm. 
Like, like I, I, I get it a little bit with stand-up where I can be like, oh, yeah, I'll go book a show. It's like, geez, what, was, it worth, was it about this show? Like, sure, that's great, but it's about having finding an excuse to really see what's out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps us triangulate, like, who we are as a person. You know what I mean? It's almost like you got to get out of your skin and go to, like, a... It's not even a dark place, but it's like a almost a lonely place. Yeah, like like a, like a distant. Like you got to go somewhere to your proverbial desert. Yeah, to find out who you are. And yeah. I think I don't know. I started. I made going to Marseille, France, was the beginning of that journey for me. Because you came alone too, right? You came, came alone. Like, yeah, it's only two of us from the from the states were yeah. in that whole program. We didn't know each other. And then Cynthia, you know, was trying to learn French. So she she didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> God bless her. Love you, Cynthia. Oh man. I just had these ideas like, oh, I'm going to have sex with the American. No. Really? Wow. <laughs> she, no. Did, she didn't hook up with any of us. Did she hook up with anyone? Did you, did you hook up with anyone at, in Marseille? Yeah. Who were you, you, had a, you had a chick? I had this French girl. You had a French girl? Yeah. No, I couldn't do it. How old were you? Second semester, I was good. How old were you when you lost your virginity? <laughs> old. Really? Yeah. yeah it was old. I thought everyone in Europe lost it really young. No, no. I, maybe, but not. What's me. old? I was 18. I was I was nineteen and a half. Yeah, eighteen. It's old in Europe. What's what's the average? Uh, it's hard putting numbers. Do you think I, I women fifteen sixteen? Do you think women lose their virginity younger to older yeah. men? Yeah. Is it more common for that age difference in Europe? Like, is it common for like a? Because couldn't you have like a dude in his twenties be hooking up with like? Would that be uncommon if a dude in his yeah. 20s was hooking up? Oh, that would be. Yeah, that all would right. be. Because uh, all, all I know is like you're the Italian prime we, minister that would hook up with it, like these It would young... be frowned upon, let's say. I There was a girl in my class, maybe another class. She was kind of dating this guy. Of, she was 17 and this guy was 20. Oh, that's was not already bad. Like, that was already a big gap. That was like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, but that's not like, whoa. Yeah, no, but still, uh, it would be a frowned upon. Yeah. You, the last thing I'll ask you, you asked me, you asked me here, I think we were watching, a, there was a condom commercial on or something, and you asked me, like, do people, does everyone here use condoms? Did, did, does no one in Europe use condoms? Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? We do, but it's, uh, I mean, in many cases that I met a girl for the first time, she wasn't really pushing for it. That was more my question. I think it's 50-50. Yeah. When I was younger, it would be 100% grab a condom. Yeah? It's, N- so you, New York? It's down? I don't know if it's New York or the fact that I got older yeah. or what, but in New York... I think most chicks, I would be surprised that they didn't even care about it. Yeah, that's condom. weird, right? And I'm like, how did you? How did you make that? Did you look at me and decide I was clean? Because you would think that, like, if we're gonna do a, something sexual on short notice, that neither one of us is mm. super. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That or just girls understand, like, all right, AIDS wasn't isn't a thing anymore. It's kind, of, it's kind of unsettling that this is. I mean, so many campaigns have be have been around and that it's now apparently decreasing. I think the worst thing here at least that people worry about getting is herpes. Mm. I mean AIDS, AIDS would be the worst. Yeah. But I think for heterosexual couples, I mean when I, when I, when I, because I was, you know, with the Catholic kind of like, don't have sex, you'll get AIDS. You know, and then all of a sudden like I'm talking to a doctor in college and, he, and the doctor's like, um, have you ever had any gay sex? No, anal sex? No. Oh, you don't have AIDS. Oh, is that easy? Yeah, like literally. Wow. Yeah. But like the whole like really that was a like a, a doctor they, yeah they were like then why are you worrying because it's like so statistically rare for a guy for a heterosexual yeah, guy to still. get AIDS no wow but anyway so the point is is that That's, I think society became less fear based yes yeah and but they also said STDs yeah. are on the rise in New York and, uh, <laughs> I think the, the I'm not sure if that's related but they say that the HIV is more treatable now 
Oh yeah, I so mean totally. Maybe that. Maybe the, if you look at different societies, if you would look at a gay community, maybe that's still even more important. Oh, absolutely. Part. It's completely different. Yeah, unfortunately. But in heterosexuals, yeah, I think it's it, the girls. Well, it should always be the male's responsibility. But then it's maybe more about. But, but a guy. Pregnant. Here's think, the thing: a guy will do whatever for the most part. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've had gir- I've had girls before. They're like, "Dude, I don't need a condom." Blah blah. blah. And like in college, I was like, "Oh, whoa." Yeah. You know. But like, but then I've had times where I'm like, "Fuck it, all right." But also, probably ninety percent of those times we're both drunk. Yeah. So are we thinking clearly anyway? Yeah. True. Speaking of which, we'll end on this: the la- your last beer in Chicago with your boy Dave Neal. We went to a shitty dive bar. Oh, yeah. And I had to tell you what dive bar even meant. That's how Belgian you are. You're like, no, we don't have dive bars. Every bar is nice bar. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a dive bar. And it didn't look too bad when we first went in. And then we went upstairs and literally bodies on the floor. Yeah. This chick falls down right in front of you. And this is oh. where I thought someone was going to blame you for it. Yeah, this chick looking at me. fell down like she got hit with a tranquilizer gun. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like right in the neck. She goes down completely, doesn't hit her head. She falls kind of on her ass and like tumbles to the ground. But then she's kind of holding her head like she's in a fetal position. Yeah. Again, surrounded by people. We're all standing up looking at her. One guy's trying to pull her up. And then, but then she just won't move. Mm-hmm. And then I just think she just completely knocked herself out, like passed out. One, one drunk guy's checking her pulse and it's just like, <laughs> oh, like this, I was like, but she was uh, faking it. Really. She was faking it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, but don't, don't get me wrong. She was down for like five minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. She was on the ground, on the dance floor for like five was, minutes. Was on the, way the bouncers come up, lift her up. Next thing you know, she's walking down yeah. steep stairway stairs by herself. Wow. And I'm like, look, that's fucking the United this States American of America. Culture. That's it. People not knowing how much they can drink, yeah. fall into the ground, and just hoping they can sleep it off. And it was not even that late. Well, maybe it was one thirty already. Yeah. It was. It was already. Yeah, who knows how yeah. fucked up they were. Yeah. But she made it up the stairs. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get out of here. We got we to go to the airport. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking to me on the podcast. I'm going to add a begin, beginning and an end because I cool. want to... Say my, my sincere thoughts. Great experience. But we've we've ha- we've gotten the chance to hang out the last three days. Nothing changes. Were you nervous? We recorded every discussion we had. I did. I recorded Insane. everything. Everything. If all the bad awesome. things you said about. Oh really? Blacks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, wow. I ended on that note. We didn't talk about the uh, racial issues. No, yet. we had a black. We had a black Hooters waitress. We talk about gay stuff. A we're, bit. We're, we totally uh, tipped we the black Hooters waitress waiter well. We're doing our part. Uh, we're here. Uh, any girl uh, can be can work at Hooters, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Great you could place. experience our culture. Hooters and chicks passed out on the dive Excellent. bar floor. Good experience. Thanks so much. Hey, until next time. Cool. Where, where am I going to see you next time? Well, let's try Europe. Try Europe. Yeah, yeah. Go meet up. We're going to go meet up yeah. in the uh, Bruges River. Yeah. What's the river called? Uh, good question. You don't even know the river. Is a river? Well, the canals. Yeah, the Rhein. Meet you at the Lion. The Rhein. Oh, I can't roll my. Oh, the, wait, say it again. Reiches. Reiches. <laughs> Meet you at the Reiches. Everyone, that was Brecht von Pucker and your boy Dave Neal. Have a good week, everybody. Jeez.